Blog Talk Radio. Let's get lost in a better place. Pick up a bird, travel through time and space. So much to learn, so much to see. A chance to escape reality. Open your mind and your heart. Gain new knowledge for a fresh new start. Day Network will bring you there. So let's talk about it when life and on the air. Good morning, everyone. This is Fran Lewis from beautiful Westchester. It's gorgeous outside, and we have award-winning author Marilyn Levinson here, and Carrie Singleton is back with Dewey Decimated. Whoa. You don't want to go into the Cloverreach Library, but if you do, you never know what's going to happen. Carrie is just off a hot string of murder cases. She's cool. Centered around the spooky local library in Cloverridge, Connecticut. She could really use a break, but huh, that's not going to happen. And my favorite character, of course, is the cat, Smokey Joe. The resident <laughs> cat in Evelyn. The, uh, by other, I wish I had an Evelyn. The library's ghosts are drawn into another tantalizing who didn't. And I'm not going to tell you any more. Marilyn is here, and I know there are people listening on my phone. And that's nice. I hope you listen. And hi, how are you? Welcome back to MJ Network. Oh, thank you so much, Fran. It's always a pleasure to come and visit and chat. We always have a nice time. Yes, so, we will, and we're going to include you in on a panel coming up soon, as soon as I put it together for January, definitely. Oh, okay, certainly. I love panels. They're so much yeah, fun. Because, yeah, because it's hard to create a murder mystery. I've attempted it and don't even want to know, so I need the pose. <laughs> to tell me how you come up with the plot and how you figure out who's dead, which is the best part of the novel. Well, I start start with two ideas. I always Mm -hmm. have two two, um, areas, and I bring them together. Um, In some books, it's more difficult than others, but when I achieve this, I'm very happy. Um, The hardest time for me to do that was in Checked Out for Murder when um, the, a, a, um, there's, there is a cold case involved and a brother and sister are both back in the Clover Ridge and they don't even know it and one of them is murdered. And at the same time, there is a, um, a film being um, made in Clover Ridge and people involved in the um, cast are, have something to do with, or, with mm-hmm. the old murder. So that was a difficult one, but that's what I usually do. I usually start with two ideas, two, they they seem not at all related, but I like to bring them together into the plot and have them mix and intermingle. That's I don't, think, I most, do I don't think most people do that, but this is how it's no. evolved for me. It's not something I would recommend, let me say that. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I started to write one, which is really different. Trust me, this is this is unique. And I don't know well, how I, I think, came up with know, it. I think unique is good because um, there are so many, um, in a way, the uh, mystery is, is very linear. I remember that mm-hmm. in Agatha Christie, the, the stories were very linear. Yes. These days, I notice that very often... 
people jump around with characters or go back mm-hmm. and forth in time. I see that in a lot of modern um, Trust, stories. You do, so of, do I. And a well, lot of people I'll, don't like it. It depends on how they, it's done. Yeah. It depends on how it's done. You know, like Lee Matthew Goldberg did one. It was really easy to follow. And then a few others, I just read every other chapter. Then I went back and read every other chapter, and then I go, why am I being tortured here? It's like not worth it. I, I mean, yeah. No, I, I came up with an idea, but we'll see what happens. I wrote a great <laughs> prologue, I could tell you that. The scenery is scary. The premise of it is is something really based on a television program that was on a long time ago. I just figured I would reinvent something different, but so I have to figure out how to kill people. It's <laughs> well, not, yeah, I, I know. You think who will be the victim um, and you always need to have many suspects. And, oh, yeah. of course, you, um, I like to use, in fact, I just wrote an article about this. Um, mm-hmm. I very often use cold cases, and, and in a way there is one in um, Dewey Decimated because you find the body, and he's been there for mm-hmm. six, the, he's been hidden for six years. And, mm-hmm. of course, the, um it has to be uncovered who is this person, and the ghost, it, this is the ghost who enters the library, and he doesn't know who he is, or why he's there, or how he got there, and um, this is something that Carrie has has to deal with, and Evelyn, and they have to keep him hidden, because he's very disruptive in the library, so here you have two ghosts um, in, in completely different capacities. That's what I love about that book. But you, I watched Cold Case uh, with Kelly, um, Kelly Ziegler, on um, Oxygen, and they do only cold cases. It's really interesting. Yes, I, I've, I've seen that, yeah. I love well, it. Well, I also I love used it, it in, death, in Death Overdue. Um, yeah. The, the act, there was an actual cold case. I think the thing about mysteries is that um, – in most cases, and then I try to do it, I am, I, that each character has a secret. And, of mm-hmm. course, these secrets go back into the past. And we, as readers, are very intrigued by anything that, number one, is covered up, and number two, that goes back into, the, into a past life of a character. And we, so we find this, I think we're all secretly gossips, and we like we're very intrigued by what happened in the past, mm-hmm. and readers want to know. So as you un, as you reveal what each character is hiding, which may or may not impact the actual current murders, um, it, it's very intriguing. And this is how you find out what suspects um, how they impact the mystery and the story in general. That's that's true. That's why I read your books because I love oh, them and I underline you. a lot. And I have to tell you that the pages are all destroyed and underlined and whatever. But there's, really, I got hands like, out what, what, yeah, what do you, what do you, under, what do you underline, I, I, for example? I underline important facts and I underline what I want to ask you questions about, and I underline oh, okay. what I want to put in my review, which of course is different than everybody else, and I'll post <laughs> it later. Uh, yeah, uh-huh. have, you know. I, it's just different. I'm looking at the book. It's right here. And if I took a picture of it, you would say, oh, my God, what the devil did she do? Circle, underline? And, <laughs> yes, 
And and my and my, I have a specific uh, medical provider that uh, calls me every. He called me yesterday, as a matter of fact. He wanted to know how many books I have for him, and that's the only <laughs> reason I'm allowed to visit. There's nothing wrong with me. He just says my wife wants to know when you bring in more books. I go next week. But do you give her, you give him the underlined books. He takes them all. She doesn't care. Oh. <laughs> They don't That's care funny. because you know what? And then, and then he asked me for a specific author because he knows I review everybody. So mm-hmm. I managed to get him a copy of the book so he could read Daniel uh-huh. Silver's last book. So oh, he yeah. Me. He's a wonderful writer. So if I, if I have a problem, I get an answer. Mm-hmm. So what, the beginning of the book, this was really unique. How come you started with Carrie wanting to know, this was really scary, about Dylan's parents and he was not happy? Well, I think when it's very, it's been very difficult for um, Carrie to just the, to get to even contemplate getting married because she's had such such a disruptive kind of a life, and mm. it's taken her a while to get used to the idea of being really connected to a person for a long time, and. Um, and she also, well, you know, she's comfortable with Dylan, otherwise she wouldn't be marrying him. And she's happy that she has, you know, her aunt and uncle, and she's gotten on better terms with her father. But it does bother her that Dylan mm-hmm. never talks about his parents. And he he seems disconnected from them. And um, And she feels if they're going to be married, she has to understand why this is the case. In fact... He seems to gravitate to her family, and yeah. we know that he spent time with her aunt and uncle, even when she and her brother weren't there, her great aunt and uncle, and he even has a a relationship with her father. I mean, it's mm-hmm. a work relationship, but it's also a personal relationship, and at times, because, you know, Carrie herself, is this is a new relationship for her, her too, because her father was absent so much in her childhood, but she's almost jealous of this in a sibling kind of a way. Um, I mean, she's happy that that Dylan and Jim have a relationship. And that's why she's wondering, what happened? What, what did they do to him? Is something going to spring out later on in life? Mm-hmm. So she she expresses this concern to Harriet, you know, who always is willing and happy to, to listen to her and speak to her about things. So Harriet advises her, to talk to Dylan, and Carrie says, well, he doesn't always want to talk about it. And Harriet tells her to be patient. And, of course, when the ghost turns out to be his uncle, things are forced Mm -hmm. out into the open. That was so cool, though. Now, this, this, I mean... This is the. I first of all I have to tell you, you got to bring her mother back because she's really cool with the boyfriend and the husband. That I love the mother. <laughs> she's she's got so much bunk for an older lady. She's married to this young guy. And she, she, let me tell you, she's got energy. She got to yeah, bring her back. Yeah, yeah. Well, Carrie's yeah. had to learn how to relate to her mother. I mean, yeah, I know. her mother. You know, she's not the best mother material. And she she's manipulative. She's um, she's she's sort of. Um, I mean, where Jim actually loves Carrie for Carrie, um, um, Linda kind of, you know, oh my daughter this, my daughter that, and she's not she's not really very maternal. 
but Carrie's learned to accept her more. And I think it's better that she lives in California with her young and her husband's yeah. very nice actually, you know. Yeah, and she's a, she's a very good wife to him. So Carrie's learned to accept that. Um, but I guess you do find her an interesting character, right? She even changed her name for a while. <laughs> she's she's more really interesting. my kind of person. Yeah, you would have met my mother, you'd know that too. So why is the library being renovated? And this is the primary core of what happens in the book. And this yeah. is really scary. This was, actually, this was on a cold case that I watched the other day. By the way, really? Oh my goodness! Uh-huh. I'm telling you, Kelly Ziegler. That is I watch, so I, funny. I, yeah, that is. This is in a cold case, without a doubt, and in the, in, the, in the basement of a library, and then there was another one uh, with outside uh, behind somebody. Oh, I can't house. believe it! <laughs> oh yeah, I, I I tape them all because I love watching this stuff. It helps me think of what I don't know how to write. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. I didn't know of any actual cold case at the time. Yeah. But um, um, for a minute, let's go into the setting. Um, this, the mm-hmm. setting of um, of the town of Clover Ridge is the main, the main, the hub of the town. It's a very old town from the 1600s. Um, it's, it's, it was originally built around the green. And the green at one time was much larger, and cattle used to roam there. I mean, it's still kind of big, and they have a lot of events to, um, that, that take place at the green. But around the green are, are houses or, or buildings. They once were ha- houses, and they also were uh, places where people worked, like the candlestick maker and the baker mm. and the this and the that. And now many of these buildings, and some of them are attached, like the one that is attached to the library, were, they were old homes, and um, the one next to the library had been let go for a very long time. It was in very bad shape. And so somebody, the, the family that few people owned it, um, two people, um, two out of three people, one person died. Mm-hmm. Um, they own this building and they sell it to the library because the library has grown and they need an expansion. Mm-hmm. So that is, that's what they're doing in the building next door that's attached to the library. The library is like at the end of a corner of the, of the green. And um, across the green at the far end are, is where um, Angela, um, um, Carrie's aunt and uncle, great aunt and uncle, have the house. There are still some buildings that are still homes. But most of them are, um, there's, there's a gallery, like around the corner from the library, the gallery and the inn the, uh, and, and many other places, the market. You know, I, I mentioned them in the, in the series. Um, mm-hmm. And now the library needs to be expanded. So the, build, they, the, the town bought the building next door, and they're renovating it. And that's, that's where the body is found in the basement, hidden away, tucked under sort of a, 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 a something that's jutting out. I'll tell you something. I would, that probably would scare me to go into somebody's basement or whatever. Right. Well, it should have been checked out more carefully. Um, yeah. It was like under a shelf, but um, it, you know, this hadn't been used in a very long time. It was wrapped up in a, in a blanket, and um, and and this is nobody knows where how this body got there, 
And um, there, should we bring in, the, mention the investigative reporter or not? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I did. I have well, a question about that also. Yeah. Tell us about the investigative reporter and what does she really want to do? I have that at the bottom, but I can push it up one time. No problem. I got that. Oh, well, she's, she's just, what does she want to do? She wants to be famous. She wants yeah. to reveal whatever she can and in any way that she can. And she really, she doesn't care what she says about different people or what toes mm-hmm. she steps on. I, she's actually very good at her job. I mean, she has uh, these various people doing research for her, and she seems to uncover a lot of material before the police do. In fact, Mm. it's she who who discovers who the body is really, you know, the the identity of the body, Mm. and she wants to she wants to join forces with Carrie. And, of course, mm-hmm. Carrie doesn't want to do this at all. She doesn't want to have anything to do with this obnoxious woman. I don't blame her. I really don't blame her, but this obnoxious woman has played a very important part. But we're going to say what right now. So we've got the council. What is their main issue? Who are the members? And what are the three issues that will be discussed? And who is in favor of them? Well... Um, the Carrie is on the town council. Yeah, she, she didn't get here. <laughs> she was almost pushed on the council by Al Tripp, who is the mayor. Mm-hmm. Um, a woman named Jeanette is leaving, and um, she's moving. She and her husband are moving out of state, and um, everyone urges Carrie to be uh, on the on the council, and they feel she she'd be you know she's young. She represents young and vibrant um, life in the in the um, town, and so even her aunt and uncle and they they almost feel guilty urging her to be on the council because mm-hmm. she she has enough in her own life. You know she's getting used to being engaged and she she has a full time job, and um, but she says she'll do it. She'll she'll fill out the term, which is like a little over a year. So who is on the council? There are five members. Um, there's Al, Al Tripp, the, um, the mayor. Um, he's a former lawyer. He's like in his middle 40s. Um, there's Babette Fisher. Um, she is an art teacher at the high school. In fact, she plays a prominent role in the next book. And mm. Carrie's not too crazy about Babette. Um, she, um, she feels she... She's she's not pretending to be an artiste, but she sort of she takes on this aura of um, being an artiste. Um, she wears flowing clothes. Her blonde hair is usually a mess, kind of. It, it sort of flutters around her head, and she's pretty. Um, she's let's say in her in her approaching fifty. And she seems to seek attention in ways, I think, that annoys Carrie. And um, she always comes to the meeting late. And um, and when I get to this other point, I'll just – and then there is – I forgot his name already. Um, And and then there's the the builder, Powell. Mm -hmm. And the um, and there's one other man. There's one other man on the on the council, right? So there are five 
I, I, it's terrible. You lose, you forget your your your, your, your characters' names. But mm-hmm. they there are so there are five members of the council, and there are three. Um, there is this beautiful, beautiful um, parcel of land that mm. has to be. They, ha- they have to make a decision on it, and the decision ha- is: should it be remain what it is, a um, you know, a, a something sort of a, a piece of the wilderness? Um, the town lives is is borders on um, the Long Island Sound. Mm-hmm. So this property is rather valuable. Any any waterfront property is, and um, they there are these people who want to keep it just what it is. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's a it's a preserve where where people can walk around the trails and. Um, it's a, it's an inexpensive way of keeping it this way, also. Although it needs some work, so there are the people who are for the, keeping it the preserve, and then there are the people um, who want to turn it into a, 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 a um, condo. And mm. the other one of the men wants that because he wants to put money into the condo, and he also possibly wants to live there. And then the, the third one is making it a an elegant a, a very expensive park with swimming mm. and boating and because it's expensive it would require um a fee and um so that this is what happened so these are the three possibilities and three these five members all have their own opinions on and their own reasons why one of these three should be chosen. So they have an open meeting to hear what mm. the people of the town feel about this, and um, it will need it will require three of the five votes to pass. The um, will it remain a preserve? Will it become a an up a, an upscale kind of a park, or will it become? Sold to, and condos, expensive condos built here. Well, they don't realize that if it comes the last two, that it may cost them taxes in you know in, in public money. Whereas the preserve is something beautiful, and that sounds like my choice. I have to go with 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 that on that one. Sorry, people, that, that's my well, choice. Well, I think if the I was condo. The uh, well, but one of the ca- the condo would um, would bring in revenue. Because yeah, well, the land would be the sold, and these the people building, would be, yeah. yeah. So you know, there's that. You know, you could see that people want to, but then the argument was, you know, are we making this a, a you know, an ultra-rich town? You know, we're only, yeah. you know, are we? Is, it, is this the kind of town? I mean, not that it's a poor town, uh, you know, but it's sort of leaning in one direction, and yeah. also. And then the park, Babette is having a. Um, it, Babette wants the park partly because her her cousin, her young cousin, um, is involved. It, it, he's he's a, he belongs to the architect team that would possibly um, design the park. Not that he probably would be, but he he would have some in, and she feels it would help his career. So the, so she has a personal reason to want that one. Yeah. Well, well, now we have the problem of the renovations because of the dead body is becoming expensive. 
and destroyed. And now poor Carrie might not get her stadium-styled auditorium that she needs. It needs. And how was this discussed? And who on the board will resolve it? Would help her? Because she needs the stadium-styled auditorium, but she's not getting the size that she wants either. So poor Carrie, you know, she's not she doesn't want to lose. But how does she manage to get anything? Because that's important to her too. Well, okay, Carrie. Um, I guess when when we work or we have something in mind, well, mm. one thing that Carrie wanted very much for the new library and what was loomed in her head was a stadium-seated auditorium um, yeah. where they could have wonderful presentations of plays, of shows, of whatever. And um, I guess I had when, where I used to live, we had we had that built while I was living there. And it's really very impressive um, to have mm-hmm. that as part of one's library. So Carrie wanted this as opposed to, you know, they have a meeting room right now, but it's rather a, a long, windowless uh, bill. You know, it's limited. It's very limited with what they can do. And as we know, libraries are being used for so much more now. Um, it's, it has so many more functions. So this is something that always was very special to her and what she dreamed mm-hmm. about. And really, suddenly there were problems with the construction, not from the Powell Company, but from the it was it's the architect who made mm-hmm. had errors. And so this is presented to her and Sally, who's her boss, the director, and um, she's told she has to do one or the other. Either they're going to, either they'll make it a smaller auditorium, or they'll make it just a flat auditorium, which you know the which is kind mm-hmm. of difficult for people to see. It's not as nice, and. Um, and then, and this is where Evelyn came and helped her, where she said um, she mentioned something where it, it, you know, paying, having it done at having seats that aren't quite as expensive, mm-hmm. um, cutting costs in a different way, and um, they go along with this, and um, and so Carrie is happy that she is getting. She's going to have the number of seats that they originally planned, and it's going to be a um, it's going to it's going to be on, on on a slant so that people can see easily stadium seating um, done you know stadium seated auditorium. That is so cool. That is so cool. Uh, when the identity of the man, we've got to get to this guy. When the interview man is gone, how does Dylan feel when he learns about it and when he meets them? That, that was so cool. And you, you got to admit, the guy was a pain in the neck. Yes, he really was. Well, okay, this is Alec is um, Dunmore is is Dylan's uncle. And, well, we have to mention that Carrie has already told Dylan that um, she can see a ghost. So this kind of prepares him. So he knows that that Carrie can see Evelyn and she has a relationship with Evelyn. Although when he, he almost ran off the road when he heard about it. And so now that he's told that, that, number one, 
there's a ghost in the library aside from aside from Evelyn, and number two, that this ghost is his uncle. Um, it's Dylan doesn't want to see him at first, mm. and he tells Carrie why. Um, at first, he was very taken with his uncle, who used to come and visit his. Um, Alec is Dylan's mother's brother, younger brother. And um, whenever he would come, he lives in Chicago, he lived in Chicago, and whenever he would come to uh, Clover Ridge, it, it was like um, excitement came into town. Um, he would tell Dylan all these wonderful stories, these adventures. He took him to the circus. Um, he was, you know, like this proverbial uncle, you know, who brings all these wonderful things, the excitement, the happiness, um, you know, and then he'd leave. And then Dylan um, was, um, grew up, and he, when he was in college, his, he, um, he went to college near where his uncle lived, and mm-hmm. um, his uncle was not, you know, he'd make plans to see Dylan, and he wouldn't show, or I can't come, or he'd break the plans. And um, he always used to hear that his father would say, or you know, you, you know, your brother should get a real job. You know, yeah. he heard that his his uncle pulled all kinds of schemes, and um, Dylan didn't want to believe it. But then he saw for himself how re- irresponsible his uncle Alec was, so he just lost touch with Alec, and he he had no idea why his brother, why his uncle was. In Clover Ridge, and um, he, his parents never said anything about him expecting him, and he really doesn't. He didn't have good memories of his uncle, and he saw for himself that his father was right, that his uncle, in many ways, was a petty thief, and mm-hmm. never really worked. Was always looking for the easy way out. So he he really, in a way, didn't want to get you know get involved and be hurt again. I know this was a whole. This whole thing is about the setting of the building and the scam to get the man to buy it. Now, who is Marcella and Albert? What do they? What part do they play? Oh, they are two elderly people who live in a the nearby um, senior home, the Clo- in Clover Ridge. Yeah, I know they're cool. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they. Um, they are the two people who who sold the, um, the the building to the town, and that's how that's how they're involved. And um, and the, uh, Carrie visits them a few times to get more information to find out about what do they know, um, what do they know about who could have murdered Alec because Alec. He 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 has amnesia. He doesn't understand why he. And he personally doesn't even know who he is until he's told who he is, and he um, doesn't know why he came to Clover Ridge, um, mm-hmm. and why he never called his sister because there was no evidence that he had. Um, so Carrie talks to um, the to Marcella and and her cousin Alfred because she thinks she's. Hoping to get some information, 
And one person who could have murdered Alec is is um, Marcella's brother James. Mm-hmm. James is a nasty character. Um, he was very bossy, and he was the one who prevented the sale of this old derelict building for many years because he kept hoping to get a higher price. So they're wondering, could could James had tried to sell it to Alec and then? Did Alec back out, or did James kill Alec? Well, we don't know because James is dead. But still, Carrie's hoping to learn something from these two elderly people. Okay, before I forget, on Monday, the author of In the Middle will be here. On the 22nd, um, Tim Aarons and the Grand Game. This is a scary book. The characters are are, uh, Pawns that are used, real people on a chessboard. You don't want to be one of them. Oh. On the twenty oh. eighth, we have Lee Matthew Goldberg, Immoral Origins. On the twenty ninth, we have Dead mm. in the Alley. Now this one is on the third. This is right up my alley. Uh, Dr. George Cavuto, who is my professor in college for reading, it taught me everything. He's the reason I understand what I read. He's phenomenal. We're going to do another discussion because. It's not an interview. We, he asks me questions. I ask him questions. We're going to talk about how children acquire language, receptive and expressive language. We're going to talk about what happens when a child is taught to decode words and comprehends nothing. That's my field. And we're going to talk about different reading programs that are good, the ones I used when I was working, and the friend Lewis invent your own reading program because I did. I invented my own way of doing things, and we're going to talk about that and a whole lot more on October 3rd, and on the 6th, The Perfect Brother, on the 10th, I'm hoping that Dick Belsky's okay, we're going to talk about It's in the News, his new book, and on the 12th, Stephen Manchester, Dad, and that's just part of October, so if anybody out there has a book coming out, better tell me now, because they only have dates from January to next December, I have nothing for the rest of this year, I am totally booked, I don't know how, but yeah, it's like scary what... Okay, so as the plot develops, how did you de- define the library here? They won't. They won't even put books in the library anymore. You can't even. What do you leave What them. do you mean? What do you mean they won't? In other words, I asked them a long time ago if they would put my titles oh, in the children's section. Oh right, you section. told me that. Yes, yes, yes. And they're they're, they're horrible. Um, I don't go into the library because I get the books for free, people. But my husband uses them. So. As the plot develops, I don't know. They have, you know, certain kinds of programs and stuff, but not a lot that I can deal with. So as the plot develops, how did you develop the the programs in her library? And are these some things that you actually went through that you do? Okay, many. Okay, I have a good friend. My friend Anne-Marie is very much like Carrie. I don't mean she looks like Carrie or acts like Carrie mm-hmm. or kills people. I mean, not that Carrie kills people or solves murders, but Anne Marie and the other she's and the woman in charge of adult um, services. They would arrange the programs, and Anne Marie would did many of the food programs that I discuss, mm-hmm. and many of the other things. Yes, many of the things of the programs that I do go into we have at our library. Uh, Like you, I I don't get to my library very often now Mm. um, because of COVID and because I I, honestly, I 
I now listen to more books than I used to. So I, I get them right on my on my phone via Libby. So I really, I did teach um, writing the mystery novel last mm-hmm. year, but um, in January, this past January, but um, I don't, but we do have many, many programs, and uh, many of them I did, um, we, we, we do have, or did have before COVID at our library. So um, I, I once got a, in a review, somebody complained, no library is like this, but that's not true. Um, many, many libraries have many, many programs. In mm-hmm. fact, I have a friend who, who is a, um, a librarian on Long Island, and she told me um, that they had goat yoga, and I couldn't believe it that they actually would have that in the library. Mm-hmm. You know, they had that once, I think. So, I mean, almost anything goes. And the way I even got the idea for this whole series was we have a very large piece of property behind our library um, that they turned into a woodland. Oh, my God, it's just gorgeous. And mm. we and we would have outdoor programs there. They had concerts there. and um, And I was watching a drummer. Um, on the on this on the green on the green grass, and um, I was thinking as the Lauren, she was the head of adult programs at the time. Um, she was introducing him, and I was thinking, well, that's perfect. That would that would be a wonderful character, a wonderful sleuth, mm-hmm. a someone who is in charge of programs um, in a library because it would give me a chance of bringing in new people. And so a lot of this is based on actual fact, actual what actually does does go on in my library, in, in libraries all over. It, it's not just about books anymore. It's about programs. It's about electronics. It's about people and, and, and people in, enjoying all different aspects of entertainment, um, learning, Courses, classes, hands-on events, um, you know, like making whatever, jewelry, um, glass, painting glassware. You know, there are just so many programs that different libraries offer. So I they thought it was a wonderful background. It yeah, is. I know sad. What it bothers me more, my, my professor asked me, he put me on the spot. I interviewed Janie and Krantz in January. Oh, mm-hmm. yes, I did, and I interviewed Iris Johansson uh, last month, and mm-hmm. I interviewed Tess. Oh, yes, just me, and oh. they asked me questions. Yep, I did. Um, they come on often, not Jane Ann Kranz, but Tess comes on twice a year, and so does Iris come on twice a year, and she won't interview with just anybody because she knows I won't ask questions that are too related to the plot, but we 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 talked about um the fact that kids don't read enough and we talked about the fact how do you get children that's what this thing on October 3rd is how to get mm-hmm. children to pick up a book even if it's on Kindle it doesn't matter how to get them to read because we talked about that on um my last show with my professor um how to, with the UE uh UE book we talked about that um and um we we decided that you know kids don't go don't pick up books anymore 
they play games, they play video games, and their teacher, classroom teachers really don't know how to teach reading, like I do. Mm. And it, it's just, it, that's a fact. So let's talk about, we have a few more minutes. Uh, how, does, how did you create Carrie and John? What is the police, he gets annoyed with her very easily. Yes. Oh, first of all, John Mathers is the chief in town. You know, actually, he's he's lieutenant. Um, he he is. Um, they he's John and his wife are very. I mean, they John and Carrie have they their their relationship is on many levels. First of all, they're very fond of each other. Um, he's in his mid fifties. And, of course, he feels protective of her. He doesn't want her to do anything dangerous. Um, second of all, John, um, Dylan is an investigator, so he and John are very similar. They're in similar fields, and they respect each other. And John and his wife, Sylvia, and, and Carrie and Dylan socialize. So there's that level as well. Um, the... The investigative reporter um, is very insulting of John in this book, mm-hmm. and Carrie's very defensive of him. Uh, mm-hmm. she, she feels he is a good police worker, and he, um, he, he is mm-hmm. doing his best to um, deal with the situation, the murders. And um, she often can find out information because she somehow either knows the people or goes has a way of getting to them in a way that perhaps an official police person might not be able to or won't the person might not open up to the um to someone in a you know, somebody official and so John knows that Carrie can get certain information and he is appreciative of it he doesn't scorn it he um he uh, he's appreciative of it he gets exasperated with Carrie, and he worries about Carrie, and sometimes he gets a little, a little jealous or a little um, when he's upstaged, as in this the ending of this book, which I we won't go into, where um, sometimes Carrie gets to the murderer a step or two before he does. But they, they they're fond of each other. There's none of this um, hostility. And he will often come and talk to her and Dylan, um, but he. But by the same token, she he he wants her to give him the information, anything that she learns, yeah. which she usually does. But of course, she doesn't necessarily get the same back from him. Sometimes she gets information from him, but other times he can't share information, and she understands this. What uh, what what happens? Uh, we have to get a few more questions. What happens at the funeral of his? Which which funeral is this? Alex's funeral. Alex's funeral. The, the ghost. What happens at the ghost? What happens when they find out who he is? How do they? I don't how remember. does he become? Does he? Does the does the ghost stay as a ghost at the library? Oh no no no! Well, okay. Um, Evelyn is inscrutable. Um, sometimes she she makes proclamations, and sometimes um, she'll she'll tell Carrie just so much. So um, when we find out who murdered um, who murdered Alex, 
at first, oh, before, um, at first Evelyn said that when the person who murdered Alex is revealed, then Alex can go to his rest and mm-hmm. stop appearing a ghostly form. Okay, the person is revealed, but then Alec is still hanging around the library, and, and Evelyn and Carrie have to continue to keep him hot, hidden in mm-hmm. rooms that aren't being used. And then Evelyn says that he cannot go to his rest until the person, okay, what happens is the person who murdered um, Alec is murdered himself, and now there's another stipulation that this has this the mur- this murderer has to be found before Alec can go to his rest. And Alec is getting frantic. You know, he just want, he wants to put an end to this. Um, and so that is that finally is happens. And Dylan comes and agrees to say goodbye to his uncle. You know, and see him off. So sure. that. So we are, we are, so we are left with one ghost in the building, <laughs> a ghost who knows how to behave, a, a ghost who knows how to um, appear and, and not disrupt people. I mean, it doesn't. Evelyn, Evelyn can only be seen by Carrie and Carrie's little cousin Tacey. So Evelyn, you know, would never disturb the, you know, and Carrie learns that Evelyn is mm-hmm. is there as sort of their uh, guardian angel. She's sort of there, she's been sent there to um, oversee the people who live in Clover Ridge and the people who visit Clover Ridge, and I guess try and make things as smooth of their lives as she can via her relationship with Carrie, which is sometimes oh, really? why she asks Carrie to do things, you know, to, to visit people or to handle certain situations. Well, I could use Evelyn to handle a couple of situations. So if she wants to come visit me, I, I yeah, yeah there's a whole bunch of people that deserve a ghost, and and what she could do and her connections. What can they say? So we have a few more minutes. How does Carrie? Julia doesn't give up. Julia doesn't give up, and she's constantly hounding her. Why? Why doesn't she can't get rid of her? Oh, wait, what do you mean? But she could do stuff. She could do stuff that she can't do. This this reporter. Yes, uh, Julie. Oh, you mean Julie the um. The investigative reporter. Yeah, the pain um, in the butt. She is. She is. But she's also quite amazing. Um, yeah, she yeah. has these people doing research for her, and they find out all kinds of things. And so that this is even how, at the end, she, they, they're able to trail the murderer, and, and, and they're able to find out who this person is. And so um, Carrie... In the, what happens is that Carrie d- does not really um, – this is, this is a case that Carrie did not really want to get involved in at all until she found out that Alec was Dylan's uncle. And then she's forced into doing even more um, – well, not I, – I, I, when Julie wants to join forces with her um, to find out who, uh, who murdered Alex, um, Alec – Carrie figures she may as well because she's doing it anyway, and and Julie's just going to keep nagging her, so she reluctantly agrees mm. to to work with her, and this of course is 
very this this thrills Julie no end. But Julie just continues to drive her crazy even after the murder is resolved, the murderer is found. And um it's she she really, really is a very insistent person and insistent on doing what doing it's like she lives and and breathes her job she she that's all she is is an investigative reporter there's no other side to her so before we end uh where do you see dylan and carrie in the future and are you who are you bringing back in the next one Oh, the next book. Well, this is this is the book. I finished the next book, and I'm going over it. I'm going over it the third time. Mm-hmm. And um, Babette plays an important role in this book. And mm-hmm. I have two two new interesting characters. Um, and and this the next book has a lot to do with art. Um, oh, good. Yeah, and the gallery that. Um, that with Susan, Susan is one of Carrie's two assistants, Trish mm-hmm. and Susan. And Susan is an artist, and um, Carrie helps bring Susan out. If you remember in Dewey Decimated, yeah. not Dewey Decimated, in the Death Overdue, um, yeah. Su- Susan comes across as very lackadaisical until Carrie discovers what a phenomenal artist she is. And Susan starts drawing, you know, making uh, all kinds of art projects for the library, and 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 the gallery on the on the uh, green starts buying her stuff, and this this grows, and this is a big part of what happens in the next book. We're not telling anybody what's happening in the next book, but I, <laughs> I love art. I love art. I I love music. I'm a music major in college. Yes, I did. I, I aced all the keyboard stuff and the transpositions, mm-hmm. and then there was, well, the, the sad part that is they make you take voice. And oh, I didn't know really? That. Well, unfortunately, I wanted to major in writing because I love writing, and I was a writing and reading staff developer, and I would have been the principal of the school, but my mom got Alzheimer's, so I had to retire early, and that was more important. But, yeah, um, the, but the dean of the dean of the school of Hunter College decided that since I was a concert pianist and played the violin, that music would be a great major. And I don't know if I wanted to. I screamed. I said, "You have to be kidding! That's not what I I wanted to do." He did me the biggest favor by by forcing me to do something I didn't want to do. Really, it is, it is the hardest major in the world because there are no books. People, you either learn it or you don't. They mm. teach you keyboard harmony, transposition, how to write music, and they don't put give you examples. You got to figure it out. You got to look up, you know, different samples of sonatinas and waltz and symphonies and stuff. And when they tell you to write the first part, you better make sure to get it right. You better listen to a few, and that was easy. That was the easy part. I aced that part. Then there was voice. It was scary. Yeah, I, I could imagine. Sing. I could just imagine. Yeah, it was hilarious, basically, because I could hear it in my head. And one professor was right, and one professor was kind of um, overstepped his job and said a few things that he shouldn't have said. And I said, you got to be kidding. And then I had to do a program in front of 200 people in order to graduate. And <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, well, my sister sang. My sister was in Broadway shows. My sister was phenomenal. So oh. she helped me come up with a program, which I can't tell anybody because they're still laughing. 
I was actually sang on key, but it was original. No one could get up and do what I did. I mean, they were singing arias and um, music from some show tunes and uh, individual songs that they made up, and I sang things that no one would ever get up and do. That's the truth. It was an original program, yeah, and the professor looked at me, and he cracked up laughing because well, my choices of songs were not exactly adult. And he looked at me <laughs> and he said, you were very brave. You sang on key. He gave me a B-plus in the class, and he gave me another B-plus. And I all had all A's. It was really bothered me. He said, I'll give you another B-plus not to take the next one. I said, you are so on. <laughs> <laughs> So you you just never know how you know passionate, and I wound up being part. I was taught for all those years, but I was also the musical director for a while. So sort of he sort of helped me. So what about Dylan and Carrie? Where do you see them? Are they ever going to tie the knot, or are you going to let them wait a while? Well, I think I think I'll let you wait and see what happens. Okay. (laughs) Because it does play. You, it does play a big Dylan. part in in the next two books. Uh-huh. So um, I'm already thinking of book number eight, which will be the last book in the series. Oh, that's sad. But you know what? You well, can't kill off any of my characters, though. You can't kill off Susan. You can't kill off Sally. <laughs> well, I, the point of it is, I I feel that um, a lot of mm. a lot of this series is really. Um, I delve deep into my characters, as you know, and my characters yeah. are very important to me. And I feel that a great deal of what this, um, yes, they're all about mysteries, but this series is about Carrie's growth and development mm-hmm. and how she's developed uh, come, and how she came from a dysfunctional family and yeah. managed to find love and security and, and, and friendship with um, close relationships with relatives, with different people, different who she encounters, and um, and I feel that I conclude this in the eighth book, which I'm plotting in my mind right now. So um, what um, what happens with Carrie and Dylan? Um, a, a lot of the, the, the next two books has to do with their future. So I don't really want to go into that any further. No. So where can we get all of your books? And of course, you're um, going to have to come up with another series. <laughs> oh, I have I have another series in mind. Also, um, my my children's book, um, Rufus and Magic Run Amok, is um, I, I had written it many years ago, it, and I wrote it before Harry Potter. It's it's about a boy who finds out he's a witch. And it was a children's choice, and um, he doesn't want to tell anyone that he's a witch because his mother and his grandmother and his aunt are all witches, and they're going to make him take mm-hmm. classes and use his witchiness, his, his abilities for good causes. So he doesn't control the magic, and it grows and grows and grows and runs him up. And I have a contract to for this book to come out and three future ones. But oh, nice. I do have another mystery series that I've been wanting to write um, and it takes place on an island. The The setting is an island. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of, so far the, the island is someplace in the Long Island. It's not very far from you and me. It's in, it's, it's in um, the Long Island. It's in the Long Island Sound 
it's an mm-hmm. island that I've created. And um, while it's isolated in the sense that you have to get there by ferry, um, you know, it's not off very far away. Um, and it's, um, I have, I'm very excited about creating a whole new cast of characters, quite different people rather than, you know, somewhat different than um, Clover Ridge. But um, so, I'm looking forward to creating all these new characters. I have some in well, mind, want, of course. Well, I want to thank you so much. This has been great. Um, I do want to set up a panel. I'll let you know when in January. I want to talk about the writing process and how you decide, you know, your different series and stuff like that because it's for me. Forever, forget about it. Wonderful. Who, who, else, who, else, who else do you think would be on the panel? I'm hoping that I won't say who it is because the person's going through whatever. I'm hoping this oh. one person will be okay to do this. Um, but I know I have a lot of other people that, uh, other female authors that would be more than happy to be on the panel. Oh, sure. But, That's no, it's. Yeah. Oh, I love panels. I'm yes. I it's it's so much fun to hear how other people deal with a similar situation that you something that you're going through or a process that you're going through. That's right. That's well, why I want to so, learn from everybody. Yeah. Thank you so much, everybody. It's a beautiful day outside. Let me see what <laughs> Thank the temp- you so the temperature much for having here me. Is. I'm so happy that I had you here, and I'll tell you this. It's it's cool outside, I have to tell you now. It is oh, now good to know. 72 degrees, but it doesn't feel like that. Everybody, have a blessed day, and bye. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone, and thank you so much for having me, Fran. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.